Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Active Optimist podcast. This is Arena, your host, the Active Optimist. With everything I do, I want you to believe that you don't have to be depressed forever. I truly believe that depression is the ultimate cry for help, not for happiness, but for connection back to ourselves and what truly matters. I'm here each week to support you, bring community, and give you daily actions to address the social, psychological, and biological causes of depression so that you can step into the life you know you're meant to lead. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast episode. Irina, if you're new and if you're returning, thank you so much for returning. And this is also the last episode of 2021. And the podcast is almost one years old, or I guess four fourths of a year old. But I thought that we should do a year in review about the podcast and also a year in review about ourselves and our lives and, of course, our mental health. So I just want to start out with if you do have anything to say about the podcast, if this podcast has touched you in any way, shape or form over the past year, you can reach out to me and I would love to hear about what you have to say, what has helped you, what has touched you, so I know more about how I can serve you and how I can be there for you and give you information that you want to hear that is helpful for your mental health and your depression and just making your life a little bit better. You can obviously reach out to me on Instagram at Irina Erickson or at the dot active optimist. That's probably the best place you can do it. Or you can leave a review, a written review on Apple Podcasts. And this is something that's new. You can also review us with stars on Spotify. So please go check that out. It'll help the podcast. And since we're brand new and since Spotify is just starting this feature, we are at the same level as every single other podcast out there. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors to review us so that we can get that little extra bump that they are really investing in podcasts, which I'm really excited in because I'm a podcaster now, I guess. I've been doing it for three-fourths of the year. So that's also why I wanted to do a year in review because I thought that it was important, not because the podcast is one year old, but because the first year there was a lot of changes. We changed our name. We went from subsequently depression to the active optimist and we had people on the podcast. We had guests on the podcast. We had, you know, people that were older. We had people that were younger. We had people from all different backgrounds and I'm just so blessed and so happy that they got on the podcast and also that diversity of guests I think does reflect the even greater diversity of all our listeners from across America, from across the world, specifically in Asia and Africa. We have listeners there so thank you so much for listening and we're all really in this together. A lot of these you know, feelings that we have and the ideas that I like to share are universal. They are global. And I'm just really here to start a conversation to bring people together, start actually talking about depression specifically, but also mental health and just our feelings in a very casual, fun way, in a way that is normal because that's what happens when you put out 40 episodes that are talking about mental health. It just becomes what it is. It's just a normal part of our conversation. 
And imagine if we had 40 conversations about our mental health in our entire life, that would be such a change in what we think of as mental health, what we think of as depression, and how we approach it. If every single person at this very moment in time had had 40 conversations with various different people or the same people about their mental health, I think the world would be a different place. But besides that, unless you want to, you know, set yourself up for a challenge of having 40 conversations in the next year about mental health, then go for it. Um, More power to you. But also in this episode, I do want to talk about individual reflections and individual years in reviews that I hope to be pretty honest and realistic and takes in our depression and our mental health, our mental state, so we can actually have a realistic, you know, reflection of the year. It's just not rainbows and cotton candy about celebrate all your wins or it's just not rumination where you're just thinking and thinking about all your failures and what the year has not brought to you or where you failed or how terrible and hard this year was for you. So I hope in this podcast episode, my intention is to, you know, help you reflect upon the year in a very realistic way, in a way that balances the good and the bad, but also allows us to imagine a year ahead of us that will be better and bigger and and have us keep moving forward so that we can, you know, grow and expand while understanding the pain or the loss or whatever negative things are happening in our lives right next to that dreaming, that building that we also want to have optimistically. So 2021 was a year of a lot of growth, frustration for me, very high highs and pretty low lows. This was a year that I think started off very, very strong. And around the mid-year, mid-year point, I felt like or I started to feel like nothing was working and I kind of lost my positive momentum because I was pretty much or in my mind in my memory I was cruising for the first half of the year and this is important because as the second half of the year was a lot harder for me emotionally and mentally and just everything than the beginning half of the year and as the end of the year is, it is in that second half of the year. It is so easy for me to focus on all the terrible, or not terrible, just bad things and disappointments and doubts that I have that have been with me for the past, say, six months. So I do think it is important to first, even if we are feeling really down, even if this has been, or we feel like this is the worst year ever, or we just feel like we just want this year to be over or we, you know, feel like we had no successes in this year, I think it is important to first celebrate or at least recognize the positives and what you have achieved and what you have accomplished in this year. I can celebrate starting this podcast. I can celebrate going on a road trip with my now really, really close best friend who I wasn't friends with before we went on this road trip. I can celebrate becoming more comfortable at home, working really hard, and really deepening a lot of my relationships, both in my family as well as in my friendships, because that was important because I was coming out of a year 2020 where I lost a lot of friends 
and where I was out of college, so out of my social circle that I generally was at. So I can celebrate, you know, getting closer friends with the friends that I had in college, but also connecting with people outside of, you know, college and at my work and really putting that intention out there that I want to make more friends where I am in New Jersey so I don't have to travel to New York every time I want to see my friends. So there are great things that have happened. There are so many other great things. I'm comfortable at home. I have so many things to be grateful for. And I'd really have to remind myself that sometimes because there were also many, many downs that came with this. I'm not where I envisioned I would be at the end of 2021. This end of year, I have felt that there's been a string of failures from coaching ideas to unanswered calls and emails about my career and feeling blocked out by friends because they need space and respecting that space and respecting that boundary, but also feeling blocked out about it and feeling a little lost and lonely and also the inability or the lack of energy to find inspiration or motivation to get my way out of it. I kind of felt that, you know, I had all this momentum and then I lost it and, you know, I tried to read books. I went out and talk to people and I just couldn't find I couldn't read my way out of it I couldn't talk my way out of it and at last I just had to settle in and just ride it and I'm still in it and sometimes I feel like I'm really just rolling downhill that's what my me and my friends say we're just rolling downhill I keep doing laps and laps around the same block with the same problems with no solution with no end in sight and that's you know that's a feeling that I had a lot during the second half of the year and it's a feeling that I hopefully I think I'm coming out of thankfully but it is something since it's so close to the end of the year that really shapes how I see 2021 as I saw 2021 as a lot harder than a lot of my years beforehand and this is very important to have an honest end of year reflection the good and the bad the highs and the lows Celebrate the wins and mourn what you have lost and acknowledge what has happened in between those. And with this balance, we have to be conscious that we don't ruminate on the bad too much. Rumination is a habit and is really tough to break. It is a habit that you could say is synonymous with depression or synonymous with anxiety. It amplifies negative emotions and it amplifies fears, panic, all these negative emotions, feeling doubtful, feeling unlovable, all these things. And it does have a biological, you know, cause as many things do. It's the biological and evolutionary ability to always scan for a potential threat. But in this day and age, it really just ramps up the feeling of anxiety and of depression. It makes you kind of inactive because it withdraws you from the present moment because you're either in your head about the past, about your past failures, about the past letdowns, the disappointments, or the future and those fears and panics that happen around the future and those ideas that you may have about the future. You just aren't all there emotionally. You aren't there. You aren't in the present emotionally. And rumination sends the brain's stress circuits into overdrive for a very long time. And this helps maintain a depressive episode. And it can be extremely difficult, no matter what other things you are doing, to stop this 
stress circuit from getting in overdrive to stop this rumination. And a metaphor that I like to think about with rumination, which is a little questionable, is cows and their stomachs. And if you know anything about cows, they eat their food and they go it goes into their stomach, but they actually have to chew their food more than once. So it actually comes out and it's called cud and they just, you know, keep chewing that until they are able to actually digest it and go through their whole digestive tract. And this is really a metaphor what we're doing with our thoughts. We have a thought and then we bring it back to chew on it more. And we have a thought and we bring it back to chew on it more. And I really think rumination is just a over, you know, overused instinctive human response of thought for the human mind. The human mind is predisposed to solve problems. How else would we have made it this far, invented so many things, so many wonderful things that have not only changed and improved our lives, but also really the course of history for all living, unliving, dead things that have ever been on this earth or even universe. But unfortunately, with rumination, there is a diminishing return when it comes to this. Meaning the more and more we think about a problem or we think about a disappointment or we think about a fear, the less and less we get out of it. We get out of that thought. And that's the trick about rumination. You always think, if I think about this a little bit more, I will figure out how to avoid it next time. Or if I think about the failure that I had, in 2021, I'll figure out how to not do it in 2022. And we kind of get addicted to it. Sometimes we do get addicted to feeling bad because it feels safe because we've been feeling bad for such a long time. But it does keep us from getting on an upward spiral, upward thought pattern. And that is one of the pillars of living an antidepressant life. To really, you know, stop rumination, it is a practice because we are in a habit of thinking things and returning back to them and ruminating on them, ruminating on our actions, on our failures, on our words, on the past year and where we feel disappointed and everything. So just to give you a little two things that have helped me is learn how to notice what is happening in the present now, even the mundane. Notice the cars passing by the road, the weather, maybe the leaves, just notice small things that are happening in that specific moment that will never happen again, really. And really redirect your focus to some other activity. And the more complex, probably the more useful because, you know, watching television or going on a drive are really risky environments for rumination because they're environments that are very easy to kind of clock out of and start thinking and worrying and letting doubt and disapproval sink into our mind. So with that thought, for end of year reflections, I think it is important to start with the things that you are celebrating because of this predisposition to ruminate and to focus on the negative. If we start with the negatives because we want a balanced end of year review, then we will keep doing that and let them overweigh the positives. So the first question I like to ask is what do you have to celebrate? Drowning in failures and disappointments leaves us very dissatisfied. As I said before, doubt and disapproval 
and depression are just three brothers that leave us feeling dead, stuck, and depressed. And the antidote to this, I think, is finding things to celebrate from the past year. This obviously can be hard, and myself saying that, it sounds very cliche and superficial, but it's important when holding a balanced view of our lives. Remembering the good and pushing back against our tendency toward the negative not only brings balance to our lives, but also adds joy to it. Because if we're at least able to see a handful of things that were good about the year or that we succeeded in, and if we remember those, then it shines light on this year and it shines light on the next year for the possibility of change, for the possibility of change that we may not see right now. So I am a very big advocate of asking yourself, what is there to celebrate? And yes, you can say, what is there to be grateful for? That is always very good. But what is there to celebrate? What is there that is just an achievement that you made? And what has brought you joy in this year, no matter what your mental health or whatever else was happening? The second question that I like to ask are, what bad experiences or charge do you have right now? And this is a very important one because it allows us to understand what we are and what we want to bring into the new year and what we don't want to bring into the new year. It adds intentionality to this new year, to this new period of life. Because when you think about it, it's our intentions and our intentionality and our consciousness that creates the new beginning of whatever it is. Whenever you enter a new life period, I think that being intentional is what makes it new. This goes for, you know, birthdays, full moons, new moons, new years, new seasons, etc. So what do you want to bring into the new year and what do you want to let go? Is there any charge that you have against a certain person or a certain situation that you just really need to let go of and work through before the new year starts and what are you going to bring what do you have to acknowledge to you know for me personally I think this is very refreshing to do so I can just let the baggage that I have of this year in this year and actually release it and maybe if it's a physical thing actually you know throw it away or do it metaphorically and put it in something and throw it away or do a spring cleaning, which is one of my personal favorites of just releasing charge into the old year so that you can step into the new year less charged and less weighed down by any bad negative experiences that you may have. And just acknowledging it is very important and being intentional about stepping in and who are right now, no matter what it looks like, no matter how many terrible things you feel like you're doing, how much failure you think that you've accumulated over the past year. So the third question is, how is your mental health, physical health, and spiritual health? Health is wealth, as they like to say, and you only have one life, you only have one body, and there's only one time to be here on this earth living. You only have one life. So are you taking care of yourself to be optimal? Have you let things fall to the wayside? Check into yourself. And there is a difference between a check-in and a resolution. I think that the more jaded, unoptimistic saying that resolutions don't work because you would already be doing them is partially true, and I don't like to give them credit, but I think it's partially true. If it's your first time doing something, you will probably fail, and I think that's why 
resolutions are have a bad rep because if you decide to do something new, you'll probably fail and you'll probably fall down and you probably will forget about it for a couple days, a couple months, and maybe you'll pick it up, maybe you won't. And even if you go through that resolution, it probably won't work in the timeline that you set up for yourself. And that's why timelines can be very discouraging. So as an alternative, I really think that a check-in is important, a check-in about where you are. And this connects to the former question of what experiences and charge are you bringing to the new year, but where are you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually health-wise? If you do have goals that you want to set, set those goals accordingly to that check-in. But if this is something new or you haven't done it before or you know that it will be a challenge, don't set a timeline for yourself. Set a goal without that timeline or make sure that timeline is very flexible and maybe put, you know, the end point as something that isn't a certain date. Put it at a certain milestone that you want to hit. So the last question is what changes do you desire to be happening? And I think this is a very, very important one, especially as an active optimist. And it's very important to be super specific when we talk about this, when we describe it to ourselves. And I really encourage you to take a moment with these. Take a moment with all of them, but take a moment with this one to be as specific as possible in what changes you want to see happening in the new year. Nihilistic cynicism is a very dominant force within our culture and leaves very little space to no space for useful visions of the future. This has been a problem for a very long time and this is a problem that I really think breeds a depressed society. Many people find it hard to imagine change until it happens and this question really is challenging you to imagine change before it happens. Imagine change before you can even see it. This means that we have to keep moving away from this dominant institutional way of thinking. This way of thinking of change doesn't happen until you implement it. In doing so, create useful visions of the future and extend the boundaries of what we think and consider possible. So really think about what changes, who you want to be, what who you desire to be in the future and really map that out and challenge yourself really challenge yourself to visualize it, to see it, to taste it, to feel it in your body. And yes, this can be a little, you know, voodoo-y, but I think it's important. And I think that the more we start to believe in it, the more we'll be able to move forward in our life, thinking about it and putting that intention out there and start acting in a way towards that and towards that desire and towards that future that we want to have whether it be, you know, materialistic, whether it be academic, whether it be in our mental health and our physical health in, you know, our relationships with our family and our relationships with our friends in our jobs and our careers in our sports, wherever you want and whatever aspect of your life in the spiritual realm, wherever, whatever aspect in your life, this remains true. And I think this can be very powerful so those are my four questions that I think can lead you through a very realistic way of reviewing the new year. And of course, I will leave them in the show notes so that you can have them written out and take some time to go through them and reflect on the new year in an antidepressant way. 
my intention was to really balance the reality of pain, of suffering, of depression with, you know, creating a future and being active in our reality without a place in our lives, without a place in time and for a new visions of the future, we are left really with nothing. And I think the new year is a great opportunity and a great place to challenge ourselves to create a vision of the future, to create a vision of the year ahead of us. And this doesn't mean that we have to ignore the reality of whatever we're going through, whatever suffering we're going through, whatever depression we're going through. And I think it's very important, especially when we're dealing with depression, when we're going through depression because of our shortened eyesight, because we are so sometimes so caught up in the past and so caught up in our disappointments and our doubts and the disapproval of ourselves and the disapproval of the world around us. I really think disapproval is a really big one, especially when it comes to looking at the year past and looking towards the future and just anticipating failure and anticipating disapproval, which I really don't think sets us up, nor does it bring us any happiness or any positivity or joy that we could possibly want. It just really doesn't serve us. And I'm all about finding things that serve us, even if we may find it silly, even if our nihilistic culture says that being optimistic is really passive to reality and doesn't, you know, take in the reality of pain and of depression. But I think those two things kind of come hand in hand in being really intentional when coming into the new year. So that's all I have for this podcast episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. We are all here. I am here for you. I really am so grateful that I have this podcast and that I have listeners like you who listen consistently and it really brings me a lot of joy. So I'm super thankful and I'm so thankful that I'm building this and I'm so excited to see what the next year will bring for the Active Optimist. And as I said in the beginning, Feel free to reach out if you have any ideas or any recommendations or any questions for me because I really want to be able to provide the best support that I possibly can. And as always, if you do want to come on the podcast and share your experience with depression or know someone who would like to let me know and we'll get them on the podcast. So we are not going to have any podcast episodes for the next two weeks. So I will leave you for Christmas and New Year's. I will be taking time to be with my family and also I will be working a lot. So I think that it was better for me to just take a break so I can be super present when I do do the podcast episodes and so that I have more energy for the new year because I really want to be super intentional when it comes to each and every episode that I put out. So yeah, that's the end of this week's episode. As I said before, if this podcast touched you in any way, shape, or form, please let me know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or now Spotify Podcasts because I know a lot of people listen to Spotify and it's super easy for both of you and it really helps the podcast more than you know. So I will leave you with a lot of love, peace, and joy. I hope that you are well, that you feel held, that you are able to give love and receive love and love others in this time in this season it's very hard for a lot of people but it's also a new beginning and an end of a chapter so 
yeah um so yeah so i will talk to you in the new year i hope that you have a happy new year and if you celebrate christmas merry christmas to you and yeah i will talk to you